everyone, welcome to the Untold Stories podcast, where we unfold the events that led some of the modern successful entrepreneurs to reach prosperity. We want to thank you so much for tuning in, and if you want more content from us, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Startupogovgrad. Hello everyone, welcome to the Untold Stories podcast, where we bring you on a journey along some of the modern successful entrepreneurs. Today, our guest is Bujidar Christov, who is the founder of Stribo. Bujidar, thank you so much for being here and for helping us bring the world of entrepreneurship a little closer to our listeners. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, for starters, would you please tell our listeners what Stribo is and how did it came to be? So Strebo is a safe bicycle parking solution. Uh, the whole idea is that our bicycle wraps lock the front tire, the rear tire of the bike and the frame. So nothing can be stolen because most of the time people lock their frame and then their, their rims get stolen or the other way, they lock their wheel and the frame and all the other parts are just uh, yeah getting stolen. How I came up with the idea I was second year in my university and I decided to study entrepreneurship. But at the same time, I bought a bicycle. It cost 120 pounds, super cheap bike. And then I went on Amazon to see what kind of uh, bike lock to buy. And the bike locks were like from range of 20 pounds to 250 pounds. And And I was like, I bought a bicycle for 120 pounds. Should I buy a bicycle lock for 200 pounds? I mean, geez, that's crazy. So I decided to buy a, it was a mid-class uh, bike lock for 40, 45 quid. But then I went on, on YouTube and there was a guy who lock picked the, the bike lock with a straw. And I was like, oh my God, I need to do something about this. And that's how Strebo came, came up into my mind. That's so cool. That that um, the guy who made that video probably doesn't know that he inspired the whole business idea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, um, would you say it was scary at the beginning? How did you come up with the particular idea and the plan to to make it happen? So, at the very beginning, it was super exciting. It wasn't scary. So, I, as I told you, I was studying business with entrepreneurship. I had a like I think the best teacher ever. She was a Chinese businesswoman, and she I think she was actually like a multimillionaire. And she um and she was super supportive, and uh, we got a lot of insights from her. So, yeah, pretty much uh, that's how I started thinking about the business. And at at the very beginning, the useful thing from her was that uh, instead of focusing on the product itself. Um, I focused on whether there is a need for this type of product, which is the most important thing in a startup, because uh, they're like super great ideas, but the world doesn't need them. And then you end up with something that no one's going to buy. And the, the whole point of developing a product is to be bought. Yeah, And how did, how did you check if people wanted to buy this and to use it? Because you said it's actually for free to use it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the first thing was uh, I went on to, uh, in my mind, the first thing was uh, brainstorming. Uh, and I was thinking, who are my clients? 
are my clients business buildings or are they uh, the end user, the cyclists? And after like brainstorming for several days, I came up with the idea that my clients are business buildings, municipalities, railway stations, pretty much businesses. Uh, so I went on to several business buildings. Uh, I spoke with uh, business building managers uh, who said, hmm, that's like a good idea. Uh, we have loads of bicycles that are being stolen every single day. And that's how I actually checked whether my idea is in touch with the world. <laughs> you made a practical decision about checking. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And um, how, how do you develop it right now? Do you have any people who you work with? Oh, the development process, that's super interesting. <laughs> um, so I can tell you like my whole story. After graduating, after, not after graduating, but three months before I graduated, I came back to Bulgaria because I was accepted in a pre-accelerator program here in Tokyo, where I met a lot of people with other ideas. And there was this guy, uh, he had a great, a great idea. He's an um, architect and we became friends. And several months afterwards, he told me, hey man, do you know that I have a friend who's an engineer? And he's young and he he's a cyclist as well. And I was like, why are you telling me like four months after? I, and I was really trying to find a person who's, um, who's capable of developing the product itself because I'm not an engineer. I have a business degree. Uh, and then, yeah, I met with Buyan. He's my co-founder. And we've been working for three and a half years already. And yeah, how we developed the product is pretty much uh, Buyan was drawing on, on his computer in the engineering programs that he uses, but he was still studying in Germany. So I was here in Bulgaria, he was in Germany, and pretty much he drew the, the rack. Uh, he sent the, all the drawings to a, a company that we work with, uh, which laser cut all the parts. And then I come and take the parts and start to weld, grind, and whatever. So we, both of us, we were developing the rack. We weren't using any other, like other people. Yeah, I, I think it's incredible that you uh, made everything yourself and it's all from your mind. What we're seeing, you came up with it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But that's probably thanks to my granddad. Because when I was super young, I was interested and fascinated by all the tools in his garage and stuff. So uh, yeah, I got all the skills from him. Now they're super useful for me. Oh, that that's so cool. Do you think uh, there is something else in your past that inspired you to create this product besides your granddad? Yeah, this, this product itself. So um, I forgot to mention, I've been riding BMX for like eight years. And yes, yeah, since I, I think since I was two years old, I ride a bike. So bicycles are very close to my heart, let's say. And yeah, this is something that uh, really inspired me to do something about my hobby. It's so cool. It's like a development of what you've been doing all your life. Yeah, pretty much. And all the people that know me say, oh my God, you and your bikes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. I guess. I hope. Yeah. So what is the future of Stribo? What do you imagine will happen in the next five or ten years? 
Uh, right now, we are trying to conquer Europe because obviously here in Bulgaria, there's not a lot of people who ride bikes and we are a very small market. I think in like uh, five to 10 years, there's going to be loads of people who cycle uh, in Bulgaria. However, uh, yeah, it's a, it's really a small, small country so in a small market. Uh, right now, we are focusing of uh, going to Norway and Belgium and we're trying to sell there. Uh, and hopefully in future, we'll be everywhere in Europe, I guess. I hope. <laughs> and then we want to go to the, to the States. So I, I, I do believe it's going to be very popular, especially uh, in the West where people ride bikes everywhere. Uh, what do you want to happen to you in the next five or 10 years? My whole idea is to push this company. I, I hope that it's going to happen really and that people are going to buy it and people are going to use it. But I really am interested in architecture as well. So I have a couple other ideas that I want I want them to succeed as well. But it's going to be like in five to ten years, I guess. Are they also targeting the international market? Yeah, they are targeting the international market and they're innovative as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you want to stay here in Bulgaria? Yeah, um, yeah, my whole idea is to live in Bulgaria. I like Bulgaria. I love it. I've studied in London for three years and in my third year I really just wanted to come back here. It was not my place. Uh, here are all my friends. Uh, I know loads of people which is super helpful for making uh, business as well. Because for example, if you imagine how would I weld in my garage in London, it just can't happen. Uh, so yeah, there's loads of pluses to be here in Bulgaria. Yes. And after all your experience and probably everything that you have written and listened to, to kind of educate yourself how to be a better uh, entrepreneur, uh, what kind of an entrepreneur are you? What kind of person probably I am? I'm always striving for perfection, uh, which is a super bad thing. This way, you're losing loads of precious time. Uh, there is a saying that when you have a startup, Uh, you need to have a product within a year and you need to start selling within a year. But in my case, in our case with Puyan, we were developing something for three and a half years. And that's because we wanted it to be perfect because it is a security product. So this thing for having a product for in a year, it's actually true to some extent. Uh, but in our case, because it, it is a security product, uh, we needed to make sure that it should be 100% secure and working. So you would say that you're innovative and in everything you do. So you challenge even the established ideas, for example, the one that you have to have a product within a year. Yeah. Also, um, I have a problem with uh, trusting other people. I, I learned to do many things on my own. For example, I I'm, I'm still don't know how to use Photoshop, for example, but all the pro materials and all the stuff I make on PowerPoint because I, I know everything about PowerPoint. So I can, yeah, I can do things that people can't imagine that can be done in PowerPoint. That That's so cool. I know, I know many people do their like Photoshop things on a Canva. Have you heard of Canva? But, but it's cool doing things on PowerPoint. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's super strange. I can do vector images and stuff there. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this way, we are also saving money, which is important for startup. And I'd like to say that with um, in 2018, we want to challenge uh we won a 20k level price like the big price and after we got the money we made several mistakes right after it because we had the money and we said okay we're gonna patent this so we filed the patent uh, but then i think two days after the patent was out we answered i have a better idea of a rack and i'm like why did you wait <laughs> It's super important to probably not have money in the beginning. So, because you can, you can do a lot of other things yourself. And yeah, you can learn loads of things doing it and you won't lose money. So, what uh, is your idea of how failure defines your success? Failure is super important, obviously, because if you haven't failed, you wouldn't have known that you can do things better we fail loads of times <laughs> and so i take this for example what i just said about the patent i take this as a failure because it's absolutely pointless to patent us something when it was not quite done yet at the time so so did you have to do it again the whole patent and trademark thing oh yeah yeah of course uh, we did it uh, two more times <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't learn from yeah from the first patent uh, yeah, failure is important, and uh, me and Buyan, we always say like we never do things from the first time, never ever. But you just there is a learning curve to it. Yeah, that's part of the process. For example, I know Amazon; they needed like five years before they decided to put all their products on their website, and before that, they just kind of made I think like five hundred dollars out of products that were on yeah. theirs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you're on the right path. <laughs> I hope so, really. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is the most exciting thing about being an entrepreneur? Oh, the most exciting thing is probably all the things that happen to you while you're trying to create your product and trying to sell it. Uh, that's exciting. But there is uh, the other part of entrepreneurship, which is like super sad at times because uh, you are really trying to, for example, sell your product. You have, a, you have your product and you're trying to sell it. But with us, I've probably contacted more than 45 companies here in Bulgaria saying that the product, that's our prices, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we're not interested. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and yeah, uh, that's why it's probably super important to have uh, a partner with you. Because at times when it, when things like pretty much fuck up, there is a guy next to you who's like, we're, we're okay. We'll be good. So would you say that having support by your partners is basically the most important thing to motivate you to move on? Absolutely, yes. And I think the team is the most important thing in a startup. The single most important thing. It's more important than money. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as you said that you actually think it's better to not have money. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> so what advice would you give uh, people about uh, finding and choosing 
the right partners to develop their ideas with? Yeah, see, uh, it's super hard to choose a partner. So with me and Guyan, I think I still think it's luck because uh, we have the same interest and stuff, and he's super hardworking. I'm hardworking as well. But what I've seen from other people who are starting businesses and startups, I see that uh, most of the times they're not the perfect match. And I really don't know how to find the perfect match for you. Uh, super personal thing, I guess. But uh, there are some tactics that you can use. For example, if you have an idea, uh, you can start working on it. And then in the process of working, you're going to be meeting people. And then you can um, actually choose someone to, to ask him whether he wants to, he or she wants to come aboard with you or not. Uh, have you found any such people that you want to bring on board through this process? Yeah, so we had a huge struggle with our software. Uh, we've developed it three times. Ask me about failure. <laughs> and yeah, it, it took us a year and a half to find the right people uh, who are we are probably going to onboard very soon. Finding people who are best, it's the things that you are not good at. I think this is part of the, the, the whole process of creating something good. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, besides your partners, what inspires you to keep going when you hear no? It inspires me to hear yes. <laughs> There's loads of people who say, yeah, this is not gonna, it's not going to work, uh, that's ugly or whatever. And yeah, I've heard all of it as we were talking before the podcast itself. There are loads of haters. So these haters inspire me to do better every day and to show them that uh, it's going to work. And yeah, we're going to be successful because it's, uh, it's a personal thing, but I really want to be successful. Successful doesn't mean money or having like loads of money and stuff. I'll be super happy to, to when I walk in Sofia or in uh, Plovdiv, Blagovgard, whatever, Norway, Oslo. I'll be super happy to see our rocks and people using them. So would you say that success for you means to change the world in, in a way? Yeah, to change the world in a better way. Yeah. It would be good to be in a better way. <laughs> so do you have a particular person that inspires you, like someone you look up to? Uh, yeah, not a particular person, but um, all the successful people. <laughs> Pretty much. They, they've always, always inspired me since I was a little kid. Funny story, my mom told me like several years ago. She said that when I was little... Uh, most of the boys wanted to be a policeman or whatever. And I said, uh, she asked me, what do you want to become one day? And I said, boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then it, it really was always meant to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very hard, though. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you need to make a lot of decisions as an entrepreneur. That's super important as well. You need to make loads of decisions. And uh, sometimes it's really hard, especially when other people are involved. How do you cope? How do you uh, make these decisions? Pretty much still learning to make them. 
it's just like if you have an important, for example, if you have an important call with someone that wanted to work with you, but for example, you can't work with him or you've made your mind that you are not going to work with him and you've been in contact for like several months, imagine, uh, you should call him and say like things are not going not gonna to go forward. Uh, it's super hard to, to do this. Uh, people in business are pretty used to it, but as a young entrepreneur, for me, it's super hard. So, um, do you do anything in your spare time to learn to be better, maybe through books or podcasts? Funny fact, I don't read a lot of books, uh, which is kind of strange for, for most of the people. I learned through watching videos for whatever reason. I've been like this for since I was super young. So yeah, in my spare time, um, I'm pretty much trying to to exercise a lot and because I, I like sports and when I have spare time in my spare time, I, I'll go to wakeboarding and stuff and or skiing. Uh, but uh, last year I went to the seaside for two days only because we were like super busy. So yeah, I don't have spare time really <laughs> right now. So so would you say that you're maintaining a balance between your career and, and your personal life or are they intertwined? No, there's no balance. It's all about work. <laughs> I like seriously from uh, 2020 onwards, it's only work and nothing else. And talking about 2020, how has the coronavirus affected your business? It was pretty bad for us because we installed our first rack in February, in the in the end of February. And then I think like 17, 18 days afterwards, we were closed uh, under quarantine. So it was super bad, obviously, because still people don't go to work and all the business buildings are uh, completely, yeah, inhabited and, and people are at home office and, uh, uh, that's that was really hard, but uh, there was a there is a Bulgarian company. I don't know if you know it. It's called Tideground. They ordered uh, a station in in June last year, which was like a breath of fresh air for us, and uh, it showed us that people do see do see the benefits of our racks. That, that's so cool. And having uh, someone else say it that you don't know, and they found you and they liked you. The best thing is that the, the guy said that he knows that loads of people are going to go to work once they go back to the office by bike. So that that's why they bought them. And yeah, it was hard, but as I told you, we had a lot, loads of problems with our software. So in March, we found these guys that I was telling you about that are probably now going to be, uh, we're going to be onboarding. So yeah. It was, uh, it, I have mixed feelings for it because because of the coronavirus last year in whole of the world, uh, there were no bicycles because people bought all of the bicycles from everywhere, um, which means that our market is getting bigger. And yeah, that's a positive thing uh, in the long term. In the short term, it was shitty. <laughs> Yeah, so you just had to keep your hopes up and wait it out. Yeah. So what is something in particular that you look for right now? 
I'm looking forward to sell loads of bicycle rugs. <laughs> yeah, as I told you, we, we've already started working with partners in Norway. Uh, so we, we hope that this year, really, we are going to pick up and the sales are, yeah, we have sales. <laughs> and uh, is this software that you talked about, is it ready to go uh, international? It's absolutely ready. Yeah, we just need to sell. And uh, do you have any marketing strategies about selling it? Uh, so we are a B2B product and we are super small. Uh, so we can't, I can't really start selling in Norway or wherever in Europe. Uh, so we are, what I'm focusing right now is finding partners through which we are going to uh, sell the rocks. And how do you find these partners? Do they find you or are you actively looking for them? We are actively looking for them. However, uh, these partners in Norway that I'm talking about are, they, they find us, they found us. Uh, and there is a guy from Denmark who also just sent us an email saying, Hey, I want to work with you, which was amazing because this means that people see uh, the benefits of our product. I also wanted to ask you, because the podcast is called The Untold Stories, um, do you have an untold story that you think is really important for our listeners to hear? The Untold Story, um, it's kind of told story, but yeah, I, I can say that uh, when I was 12th grade, all my friends knew what they want to become in life. And they, uh, all, all of them went in London to study economics and stuff. And I was like, just a guy who was riding BMX in 12th grade. And I was like, oh my God, guys, you're so serious. <laughs> uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like you, but I went on to study to in London as well. And I went on to study business, uh, not knowing whether I'm interested in business at all or in marketing or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, kind of, uh, um, ah, yeah, I can tell you, uh, I had a friends which were third year when I was first year in uni, in the same uni, and they actually told me, uh, hey, why don't you go on st and study entrepreneurship? Because I really didn't, uh, even in my, in the end of the first year, I didn't know what I wanted to study. <laughs> so they told me go and study entrepreneurship and I was like, okay, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's how it all started. So, so would you say guidance is extremely important to have people to give you advice? Uh, yeah, uh, that's why it's super important to have advisors in your startup as well, but you shouldn't always take their word for granted. So what's the most important advice that you have received? There's loads of them, but the most important one is probably to change our strategy of and our business model. Because uh, at the beginning, we were selling our racks. Right now, we are leasing them, uh, which in the long term is better for us. And in the short and long term is better for our clients as well. And what is the advice that you would give everybody who wants to go into entrepreneurship? My advice is just let go of everything and uh, go after it. 
I have a friend we met like two years ago. I've known her for like five years. Uh, and two years ago, we went out and she said, you know what? I have a cool idea. I think it's a cool idea. Should I pursue it? And she told me what's, what's her idea. And it was really uh, something I think that it's gonna just boom. Uh, and it's, and I just told her, I mean, just go for it. What are you waiting? She was, she said, she said, uh, oh, but I need like loads of money. And I'm like, no, you don't need loads of money. You need to go and speak to these people, one, two, three, ten people, and see if they can help you. And right now, she's super successful. And yeah, I think soon she's gonna have her product out and people are really gonna use it. So yeah, my advice is just go for it. That, that, that's actually a really cool advice. Even before the podcast, now now that I kind of recall what we talked about, I said that many of the ideas that I have require money. And now you're like, no, <laughs> you don't need the money. You just need to have the idea and go for it. Yeah, you, you need money at some point, but at the very, very beginning, you don't need money. And that's how you get creative. And it's important because, for example, you have an idea right now in your head. And you say, I need loads of money and you just don't do anything. Uh, don't, don't do anything about it. Imagine if you go for it and you see that, for example, it's not the right product for the market or whatever. People are going to tell you that's not the right product or I want this, I want that in the product and, it, and I'll buy it. Uh, this way you can pretty much, I don't know, change the product to fit the market or change the product for it, for it to be likable by by your buyers. So yeah, so it's always a work in progress. Okay. And do you have a final statement, something that you want to leave our listeners thinking about? Uh, I'm going to repeat myself and I'm going to say that if you have an idea, just go and pursue it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I think our listeners would definitely be very inspired after this to go after their dreams and uh, to pursue their entrepreneurial ideas. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, I want to wish you luck and I want to uh, yeah, wish luck to everyone who's getting into entrepreneurship. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I think our listeners would definitely be very inspired after this to go after their dreams and uh, to pursue their entrepreneurial ideas yeah i'll be glad and i really hope that it's gonna be something like bigger than what it is now Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, make sure to share it and follow us on social media at Startup Vlogograd for more awesome content.